You're listening to The Propaganda Report, news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. I'm Brad Binkley. Monica Prez is on a well-deserved vacation right now. She will be back next week. Joining me today, as usual, to help us out is our friend and host of the fantastic podcast, Cam Harless. This is Share Cam Show Wednesday, as Cam <laughs> has an interesting show tonight that he wants to tell us about real quick. Yeah, uh, I'm, I, I wanted, yes, there's share, share the show Tuesday and I have a weekly show. So it's not like I can have a special day where we mention it. So it's like just sh- share cam show on Wednesday. This is the day to do it because tonight we're having Scott Johnson, who is a, he's a minister, he's a demonologist and he's an exorcist. And so we're going to be talking to him about what exorcisms look like in real life, how many he's done, who he learned from all sorts of stuff. So that'll be tonight at uh which is wednesday night at 10 p.m eastern time so when you hear this it's just a couple hours away that is some spooky stuff and very (laughs) interesting i'm eager to hear what he has to say exorcisms have always terrified me personally (laughs) so we will be doing tomorrow cam and i will be doing Propaganda Report live Thursdays on Rockfin at 4 p.m. Eastern. That is where we're going to do the show live with video and interactive chat at 4 p.m. Eastern time at rockfin.com slash propaganda report. So if you want to watch and participate in that, you can subscribe there. Now on to the first story of the day. Cam, you have a story about San Francisco in in and out burger that I'm interested in. Yeah, I saw this story last night on Twitter. And it's, it's funny, because when I'm I'm doing this with you, I I find news stories before a lot of my friends. And so it's like, I've talked about it earlier in the day. And this was one of the same situations as I sent it to you. And then maybe five this morning. So I sent this to you yesterday. And then this morning, everyone was talking about it. Uh, But yeah, there is a, a hero in an in and out burger in San Francisco. Uh, I forget. Let me let me grab his name. His name is uh, Arnie Winsinger. He is the chief legal and business officer. Uh, he came out uh, because the In and Out in San Francisco was closed down. They closed the store because the they weren't making their employees enforce the vax mandate, and the people in San Francisco didn't like that. As it turns out, they have a phone phone number you can call three one one. And you can rat on your local fast food chains for not checking VAC status as you walk in. 311, see something, say something. I've been talking about this. They are conditioning the public to see something and say something about every little issue, even just little minor social issues like that that bother them, although they wouldn't say it's minor. Yeah, so since I believe it was August 20th, there's been the law that that all restaurants have to – restaurants, bars, gyms – all have to check vaccine status to let you into the their store or or restaurant, and uh, In and Out just decided they weren't going to do that, and so recently they were closed. And uh, Arnie uh, was talking to the uh, to the press, and I just loved what he had to say. This is some real some real hero stuff. Uh, he came out and he said he defended them not checking the vax mandates, and he said we refuse to become the vaccination police for any government. We fiercely disagree with any government dictate that forces a private company to to discriminate against customers who choose to patronize their business. This is clear government overreach. 
Um, he, he went on to say that he believes it's unreasonable, invasive, and unsafe to force our, our restaurant associates to segregate customers into those who may be served and those who may not, whether based on documentation they carry or any other reason. That sounds like a man who needs to open up a restaurant in a different state. Yeah. It sounds like he needs to open them up all over the country. You know, California is so bad. It's like they're trying to get rid of everybody except the worst type of people. I don't want to say bad people, but people who are behaving in totalitarian, authoritarian ways who enjoy that type of thing. It is good to see someone take a stand in such a hostile environment for freedom. And to say it in such strong and clear terms. That's what I like. Because not only did he did they say, you know, screw off, he said it in such a way that he mentioned tyranny. You know, he mentioned how it was un, uh, invasive and unsafe. He he likened it to discrimination. I mean, it was a very strong statement. And I think anytime you run across someone who's willing to do that and do it and articulate it well, you share that. And so I, I was thrilled to run into that. Absolutely. That continues a string of stories about the vaccine mandate debate and battle. The media likes to show us these high profile cases of people losing their jobs for not being vaccinated to instill fear in the public. Look what happened to this prominent figure. What will happen to you? Get the shot. Get the shot. But usually when you dig a little deeper, there's some more context around these stories that tell a little bit of a different story. Case in point, there's a story that happened earlier this week where the Washington State University head football coach was fired. And the reason given by the news is over his refusal to get the vaccination. That's what all the headlines say anyway. But was that why he was fired? I question that after looking into the story a little bit. Here's a little bit of background. Washington State head football coach Nick Rolovich. It was Monday that he was fired. And I'm seeing different reports as to why he was fired specifically. Some are saying that he was fired because he was in violation of the state's watch of the state of Washington's vaccine mandate for state employees. However, Hmm. others are reporting that he wasn't in violation of that mandate because he applied for and had been provisionally approved for a religious exemption, and that instead he was fired because the athletic director at the school consulted with the HR team, and then they decided that Rolovich could not perform his duties without threatening public safety. So the decision seems to be made not as a violation of the mandate, but because of a public relations, because of an image thing by the athletic director. And that's important Uh because he was fired with, quote, just calls as opposed to without just calls, which means he's not going to get any of his like $3.6 million worth of severance pay. More on that in a moment. Here is some more background that makes me call the reason for his firing in question. On August 20th of this year, this coach and the university were sued by a former player, and the lawsuit claims that Rolovich committed acts that were racist intentional, malicious, willful, and in gross and reckless disregard of this former player, former player's name, of this former player's rights, whose name is Casty Woods. Now, this stemmed from a leaked phone call back in 2020, where the coach and the player were having a discussion. The player told the coach that he was going to opt out of playing during 2020 season over concerns with COVID because he had sickle cell anemia, uh, 
anemia, excuse me. And the coach said he's fine with that. But then the coach asked him if this was really about the Pac-12 player-led unity movement. Because if that's what this is really about, then this player's opting out is going to be handled differently than if it's actually about his concerns over COVID. And the kid said he was joining this movement. Now, that's important because that movement is a Black Lives Matter activist movement that is like the Green New Deal of college football. Mm. They made demands that were above and beyond anything that any one coach could actually satisfy. They were these idealistic and possible racially divisive demands. One example is they were demanding that 50% of each sport's total conference revenue be evenly distributed among all athletes in that respective sport. So the walk-on guys getting the same as the star player, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. That's going to cause divisiveness. They've already got some other programs in place right now that are more effective than this would ever be. And they require civic engagement task force teams to address racial injustice, a lot of anti-racism talk in this. And the reason that one single coach can't do something about it is because it's not in his, he doesn't have the ability to do it. And these players were saying they were going to opt out indefinitely until all of these changes were made, till they got all of their list of 17 demands. So it makes sense that a coach would say, if you're going to be opting out for this other reason, then we're going to handle your opting out differently. This is the basis of him calling this coach a racist, but the school is also being called a racist because they're in the lawsuit as well. I think that the school, and this is me speculating based on reading in between the lines here in this lawsuit and everything, I think the school is going to fire him anyway. And I think they use the vaccine thing as an easy front to get social justice points and perhaps get dropped from this lawsuit because they don't want to be associated with being on the opposite side of Black Lives Matter. I think they'll get dropped from the lawsuit. And I think if he were vaccinated, he would be fired anyway, absolutely because of this lawsuit that just happened at the end of August and is ongoing right now. I don't think this is a vaccine-related firing. I think that excuse is to get that credibility to make them appear to be like they're on the right side of things in the wake of the other controversy. Right. When you dig deeper, a lot of these stories are like that. They want to make you think it's just because of the vaccine, just because they're not vaccinated. I'm finding that it rarely is. Mm -hmm. I'm, I, I would not be surprised by that at all. This is a great excuse. One, it, it's, it's even a great excuse for people who are in government jobs that don't want to be the, in them anymore. It's a great way to leave these contracts. And I, people are definitely going to use it to score some points and to... Uh, to get the hell out of situations they don't want to be in. But you, you said something about being on the right side of history. And I, I realized as you were talking that I'm not on the right side of history because I have never, I've never done the right thing and asked you what your pronouns are. I don't know if you're a man or a woman and I need, it's International Pronouns Day and I need to know what your pronouns are. It's and itself. Mm, I'm dim demon demon self. I saw that on Twitter today. That's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting how these new holidays, how long has this holiday been around? 10 minutes? How they happen Probably. to occur on the same day as these other news stories related to the very same subject. Right. Well, and, and it's funny because the reason I learned of this holiday, I didn't see it on Vice. I didn't see it on Salon. I didn't see it on Mother Jones. I saw it on the Department of State Twitter feed. This was tweeted out <laughs> by the Department of State. The State Department goes, you know what we need to tweet today? 
uh, an article about why people list their pronouns on social media profiles and how it's International Pronoun Day, which, by the way, I noticed people now suddenly had um, their pronouns listed on Instagram, but not in the bio, like next to their name. And I was like, what is that? So I went and I checked it out on my Instagram. And so I, I, I went into the things and I found out that it's not, it's not like, oh, you put it in your, your profile. You actually have to go in there and find it. And when you do, there's a pre-approved list of pronouns because I guess they don't want people like me who, you know, four or five years ago made my, my gender God of thunder. Like they don't want people <laughs> making fun of that or something. Um, but yeah, so they, they make it so that you cannot make fun of it in their pronoun thing. And so I, I was just, th that meant that those guys that I knew that had he, him in their, on their profiles, they went and they went out of their way to find that. It wasn't like a thing. Oh, hey, by the way, you can put this on here now. They had to go find it to make sure that everyone knew that they did, in fact, have balls. I wonder if you do put the jokey type of pronoun, if you're going to be censored or not. I did not know that Twitter was the determiner of what your pronoun can or cannot oh, be. Yeah, Instagram. But you can't because you, you start typing it in and it, get, and it pulls up what you can choose. And so wow. you can't even put in something that's a joke. It's not, it, they censor before you're able to make the joke. Wow. So, so Facebook determines what the range of pronouns that exist are. That's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> Which I'm, I'm sure if, if anyone who is one of those, those, uh, transgender activists or pronoun activists, because I don't even think, are they all transgender if they use a different pronoun? I don't know. It's confusing. Like is non-binary transgender is. I think non-binary is transgender. I think that's why they labeled that soccer player Quinn for the Canadian women's team in the Olympics as the first transgender athlete, because she was a female playing on the female. She was born with female genitalia and still <laughs> had it and was playing on the female team. She just didn't identify as either gender. So they called her transgender and therefore she got notified. She got recognized as the first transgender athlete. The problem with the pronouns, in my opinion, I don't care if somebody wants to be called something. That's fine. Just don't get mad at people when they make a mistake. Nobody's right. making a mistake. If somebody's doing it on purpose to be a jerk, then fine. But when it's something new and people are adjusting to it, don't look for reasons to jump down their throat and to frame them as genderizing you or as some sort of bigot. Be, right. be or, a human about it. Especially with how many genders they say there are now. Because it's not like just he, him, she, her, they, them, Zs, or, or whatever. Like it goes in, ad infinitum now. Like I remember one person before this Instagram change, uh, I was scrolling through the, the page and I noticed that um, I don't even know how to use the pronoun because it doesn't make any sense. But the pronouns were bun, bunny, bun self. Because she identified as a bunny rabbit, yeah, and so it's, normal. it's it's there are so many that it's it's impossible to know them all. Like I mean, it may be possible within a group of friends, but like in our globalist world that we live in now, you're gonna accidentally not say bun or bun self. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's my friend. <laughs> 
<laughs> Bunny Rabbit. I did. I can't even say she or he. Bunny Rabbit. It's my friend. There's a, there's a thing on. <laughs> yeah, there's a thing on TLC about a guy who identifies as a dog. If you can check that out, I recommend it. It's a very very fascinating study in human psychology, in my opinion. Uh, but you were talking about the she was Quinn was the first transgender athlete in the Olympics, I believe, is what the claim is. Did you know there was another transgender first? I think it was just yesterday. What was it? Rachel Levine, the horrible tyrant that that was over Pennsylvania during the COVID pandemic last year, the one who took her her mother out of the um, nursing home and put her in a, a hotel so that she, so that when Tom Wolf and Andrew Cuomo were totally not killing old people in nursing homes so that she didn't have to be there for that well she is now she made history as the nation's first openly transgender four star admiral and the odds of this happening on international pronoun day <laughs> right well and it's just it's just crazy cuz i was like oh so Rachel Levine was once in the Navy it was once in, but it's, they made, they made her the first four-star admiral admiral in the U S public health service commissioned corps. What I, does that I mean? didn't, I, it, it's apparently like public health officials have their own branch of the military somehow. And uh, what? Like I didn't know that was a thing, and so I've, I've like I'm looking at it. I'm like I'm sure it is a thing and has been a thing, but this seems real made up to me. Well, this is just it's a PR push for equity. For I say climate change because all of this stuff is related to climate change. It's all related to Marxism. And I'm not I'm not saying that people don't identify in certain ways. I, I that's do, but the way it's being used is to divide society. People who, who are genuine in their feelings and beliefs about these things, I believe are being exploited by these controllers. Well, and let me ask you something, because I have done some attempts at research and how these the the transgender activists work, which, you know, they say trans women are women, trans men are men. But I've never I'm sure it's happened, but usually they make a distinction between biology and um, like biological, quote unquote, biological sex and gender. But in this article, when they talk about this, this uh, Rachel Levine, they claim that she's the first female four star admiral. And I was pretty sure that female referred purely to biology and not to identity. And so that seems are they has the script gone far enough where they're no longer talking about male and female when it comes to actual like bi biology and they're moving it that into identity as well, because she would still be male according to science. This is what's perplexing about it. And this is why people get in trouble and get into conflict ever because it's confusing. And I think it's intentionally confusing because when you can have something set up where people can make mistakes all the time, then you can easily frame them as the enemy, as the bad guy doing it intentionally. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I don't either. But, you know, we're in a time where Dave Chappelle, who many people consider the greatest of all time comedian, I would argue that Steve Martin's up there. You know, I would I, I would I would argue that there are a lot of people up there that are uh, just as good as Dave Chappelle. But 
uh, Netflix workers are staging a walkout over his uh, latest uh, special called The Closer, which was a good special. I enjoyed it. It had a lot of uh, it had some some of the the kind of divisive race stuff in it. But at the same time, there was this it was it was a smart and good show. And according to the news, this is the the first time that Netflix is having a walkout like this. Alphabet's had them. Facebook has had them. But this is the first time for Netflix. And it's because essentially you boil down the article. It's that they don't feel like Netflix is a safe space (laughs) because now their their workers can't feel comfortable because they put up a Dave Chappelle special and uh, was in the, the president. Uh, of Netflix actually stood up for Dave Chappelle and the special stood up for, for leaving it out there, putting it out there in in the first place. And uh, he had said essentially the claim is that it'll cause um, violence against um, trans people, which is kind of insane. Did you watch the special yet? I haven't seen it yet, but I know that his other special is still on there where he talks about trans and they had a similar thing at least the conversation, the outrage pop up after that special from maybe a year and a half ago or so. I think this is a publicity stunt. I think that Netflix is in on the publicity stunt. I don't think this is a real fight in any way. I think that this is International Pronoun Day. It's it's a day to organize power around this certain theme and topic in the news for whatever purpose. They're going to get fundraising off of this. This isn't going to hurt Netflix. You know what this is going to do? This is going to make more people watch Dave Chappelle special. Yeah. It's going to help. You think, you think Dave Chappelle's into it? Because I think he, he could probably not care either way. Yeah, he seems authentic. And I feel like that would be one of those. Uh, he doesn't care either way. But Netflix president did make the statement that they're that they firmly believe and have looked at the science and say that there's no tie between comedy. And he didn't say it this way. I'm saying it funny between comedy specials and violence. So, I mean, I'm with him on that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'd have to watch it to see what specifically they're referring to, but this just seems way too artificial to me. Yeah. All of it coming together on the same day. It really is strange. I mean, it's not strange because it happens like that all the time at this point. Whenever there's an every day is some sort of day now. And it's like that day, whatever international day it is. That's the theme of the news in that day. Speaking of Netflix, the top trending show on Netflix right now is the show You. It's the third season of the show You, which is about. Isn't it about a stalker or something? It's about a guy. They humanize a stalker who's a psychopath murderer. It's, okay. it's he's the main character of the show and they humanize him netflix by the way co-founded by the nephew of prolific propagandist edward bernays this top trending show and i'm going to give you a spoiler here i, I this is going to be okay. a full-fledged spoiler so if you don't want to hear the spoiler if you, about if, the you show, if you spoil this it'll be my 13th reason 13th reason why yeah <laughs> <laughs> nice so here is what they did in the second episode, I believe, of this season. He is now married to another psychopath who also impulsively murders people, but they humanize <laughs> them. So they're the main characters and they just murder people. Yet it's like a love story of this weird, twisted couple. The couple, their new baby, gets the measles and ends up in the hospital. And they find out that they got their baby got the measles from the unvaccinated children of an anti-vaccine family. The father of these kids apologizes to these parents saying that 
he didn't realize it would put them put somebody else in the hospital that it could be that severe that it didn't really affect his children that bad and that they just don't like vaccines because they don't want to put unnatural chemicals in their children's bodies well immediately the guy turns around to leave and i'm after he turns around to leave the woman immediately picks up like a pole or a big piece of wood and bashes him over the head with it and they drag him down and they hold him hostage or keep him kidnapped for a series of weeks the mother says at one point that some brain dead anti-vaxxer got her baby sick and the father of the unvaxxed children says i did you guys a favor by giving your baby natural immunity you have the yeah. natural immunity which is stronger all of the themes in the news were yeah. put into this episode framing the anti-vaxxer, the natural immunity person as the bad guy who deserves to be bashed over the head. And ultimately, we find out that this kid's son, that his wife paid, bribed to have his son get into a good college. And they pretended that his son was on a sports team when he really wasn't. So also, he's Lori Lachlan. He's part of the college admission scandal. And then we find out that his son is a rapist. And ultimately, they frame this guy for murdering somebody that they murdered. So that is how they are portraying people who question the vaccine on Netflix top trending show right now. It's really disgusting and it is really heavy. I mean, some of the most over the top propaganda you're going to see. Isn't it amazing, though? Because, I mean, if you watch stuff now about measles, people don't seem to remember that there was an episode of the Brady Bunch when they all had the measles. Or, you know, when we were kids, there were shows all the time about kids having chicken pox. But that would be yeah. unthinkable now. Yeah. Like that. It's uh, dirty unthinkable and... to have a uh, a parent have a chicken pox party so that they could achieve herd immunity. Yeah, they would be bashed over the head. It, they do it. They do it in a way where it's like the viewer is supposed to celebrate that they frame this Gross. guy and bashed him over the head. Before we get to our last big story of the free 30, which is going to be about Facebook's attempt to create what's known as the metaverse and the impact it can have on society. I want to tell you about what we're going to talk about in the DMBXR, which is how some online memes could be beneficial to your health. And pig to human organ transplants just got closer to becoming a reality. I also want to thank our sponsor of today's show, Liberty Gear. LibertyGear.net is an online store filled with masks, shirts, and even some cool posters, including protest gear such as the Obey, PSYOP, and Flatten the Lies mask, and a lot of other funny, weird stuff to lighten up your day. Even if you don't choose to wear masks, occasionally we find ourselves in places or situations where they are required. So for those situations, you might as well have something fun to let people know how you really feel about it. These masks are also a cool way to kind of keep a have a keepsake or a souvenir as a reminder of these crazy COVID times. And not to mention all the other cool protest gear as well, cool shirts, mugs, stuff like that. It's just a cool website that simply scrolling through the product listings will make you laugh. Plus, Liberty Gear takes requests. So if you have an idea for something that you want customized, just email them through the website website and let them know what you're looking for. And Liberty Gear is run by a fellow Liberty lover. It's a small business who is in this fight with us. So these are the types of companies that you want to support right now during this corporate fascist great reset world takeover attempt. So check them out at libertygear.net. And if you use a promo code propaganda in all lowercase, when you check out, you'll get a 10% discount off of your purchase. And again, check us out on Rockfin, rockfin.com slash propaganda report. Rockfin subscribers get access to 
our subscriber-only DMBXR, as well as our video deep dives of the powers that be laying their plans, which basically tell the future before Biden then repeats exactly what they say weeks later. Also, you get access to that DMB Live Thursdays, which we will again be doing tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, rockfin.com slash propaganda report. Now on to the final story of the Free 30. I've been kind of tracking this a little bit lately because I find it interesting. But earlier this week, Facebook announced its plans to create 10,000 jobs across the European Union over a five-year period to develop Mark Zuckerberg's vision of a metaverse. Now, the company will also be changing its name, which they're going to be announcing later this month. I can't wait to hear what that is. In an <laughs> effort Facebook. to rebrand, right, yeah, the, the Facebook, yeah. <laughs> this is an effort to rebrand themselves as not a social media company, but as a metaverse company. The company wrote in their blog post, working with others, we're developing what is often referred to as the metaverse, a new phase of interconnected virtual experiences using technologies like virtual and augmented reality. Think Google Glasses. Zuckerberg envisions a future, he talks about this, where a device kind of like the Google Glasses are as common as smartphones are today, meaning that people would constantly be at all times interacting with a combination of the real world and the augmented reality virtual world, just kind of blended together. I don't know if you remember the Pokemon Go rave where people yeah. were walking out in front of traffic with their <laughs> augmented reality devices trying to collect the Pokemon Go's, which I think that was some sort of social experiment. So what is the metaverse? Well, according to The Verge, the term was coined originally by sci-fi novelist Neil Stevenson in 1992 to describe a virtual world where people escape, to escape a virtual world that people escape to from a dystopian real world. According to the Washington Post, it is literally The Matrix. They say The Matrix is a series of movies depicting a dystopian future in which humanity is unknowingly trapped inside a metaverse called The Matrix. So that is popular culture's characterization of it. Mark Zuckerberg, here's how he views it. In the company's post on Monday, they said that at its heart, the metaverse is the idea that by creating a greater sense of virtual presence, interacting online can become much closer to the experiences of interacting in person. Metaverse has the potential to help unlock access to new creative, social, and economic opportunities. Think NFTs. Zuckerberg yeah. has also described it in this way. He said one can think about the metaverse as an embedded internet where Instead of merely viewing content, a person is in it. And he said that you feel present with other people as if you were in other places having different experiences that you couldn't necessarily do on a 2D app or web page, like dancing, for example. It seems to me like he wants us all to be able to stand up and step into our computer screens instead of just being mesmerized by them all day. So we already rely so heavily on the internet like right now, just look at what the pandemic has done with the way we work virtually, the way we interact socially, virtual parties, virtual dates, even some people are going on. Humanity has already begun to escape into this digital world. We're already addicted to this drug of the internet. And now Zuckerberg wants to make that drug even better, more addictive, more all-consuming. He doesn't want us just looking at our screens. He wants us inside of them, living our lives there socially, politically, economically. There is no off-grid world in the metaverse because it's all made up entirely of the grid. We already call social media the new public square. 
what will this metaverse become? Well, I, 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 <laughs> I don't know. Every, every, there are so many movies and TV shows of dystopian these these dystopian movies they're never about how good the thing is like the matrix it's not about how good yeah. the matrix is <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, demolition man it's not how good about how good uh virtual m- love making is you know but it makes me think specifically of an episode of black mirror not to sound too cliche but there's that episode of the black mirror where a guy was with a woman and she'd gotten pregnant and in that during that pregnancy they had a fight and then she blocked him and it was a transmitter in her in his head it was how the society worked and so from that point on he only saw a pixelated gray version of this person walking around and could not contact her yeah she couldn't hear him he couldn't hear her anything like that it 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 makes me think of that. But you also said it could be they're trying to make the Internet and social media more addictive. And so I have a new name for Facebook. Fentanyl book. That's what I was thinking. I would see this reminded <laughs> me of fentanyl. I was like, what is the drug that is a supercharged? Because we are we are addicted. Society is addicted to the Internet and it is a drug. And this is I think you're right. This is the fentanyl of the Internet. Like right now, over the past few years, we've already seen what like social media addiction can do with dangerous TikTok challenges, with children literally developing tics from TikTok, people checking their phones constantly, fubbing. Remember we talked about fubbing where people look down at their phones constantly during the middle of conversations. They can't take you know five minutes and not check their phones. Right. Not to mention disinformation, social media hit squads, censorship of certain viewpoints. And it just it just dominates our culture. They've actually done studies. This is out of the Stanford Virtual Reality Lab, where they give people these virtual reality experiences, like cognitive type therapy stuff. And then six months later, the people who did the virtual reality experiences were unable to determine what was real and what happened in that virtual reality experience. It couldn't differentiate between the two months later. That is scary because if people are actually going inside of, I say going inside, that's how Zuckerberg presents it, where you're actually living your physical life almost inside a virtual world, economically, socially, if everything you do, if you grow up learning to survive Inside a metaverse, that's how you know how to survive economically and socially. What reason do you have to ever step outside of that and just engage with only the physical world? They want to tie the physical world to this to the point of where people could very well lose their ability to distinguish between what is the physical world and what is the metaverse digital world. And that digital world, that metaverse, now that is completely controlled by the powers that be. There is no fighting to take that back and i think there's been a lot like since i can think of so many different things especially in the last couple years i feel like there has been a lot of predictive programming going on to get us ready for this idea ready player one black mirror um recently uh free guy is a is a, a movie that came out with ryan ryan reynolds it's it's like they're prepping us for this it really is it's and that's the thing the problem is so much of it sounds so cool like imagine right. being able to go sk- skydiving in your living that, room. Absolutely. Like, that problem. is the problem with it because it is cool, but in order to get the benefits from it, people 
humans would have to exercise godlike self-control. Yeah. And we are not showing that right now when it comes to the way we are affected by screens and the digital world already, in my opinion, with just the way the internet has been weaponized because people will have at their fingertips all of their desires. All of their desires yeah. in this digital world can be met. They might have to pay for it, but it will be met. And instead of watching pornography, which is a major problem in society for a lot of people, they, they're mm -hmm. addicted to it. They will be able to go have, feel like they are sleeping with their favorite porn stars. Yeah, and, or other much, much worse things. Because right. the depravity, the door to depravity is flung wide open at that point. It's decadence. Yeah, this is decadence out of control if we're not careful. I agree that there could be some very cool aspects of it, but man, it's going to require a level of self-control that a lot of people are going to have a hard time exercising. I mean, it's tough. Most it's tough people. to, yeah, I think most people, I agree. And the regulation part of it. See, he keeps talking about the EU. So this is a deal with the EU. Now, Facebook talks in their blog about how they share the same values as the EU when it comes to what they're doing for digital content in the digital world, because the EU is a leader in this. And we've actually deconstructed some of the discussions about this, about what the EU is doing on Rockfin. The EU follows what is called the DSA. This is a proposed digital service act that is designed to fix platforms, protecting them from the vulnerabilities that these online platforms have to harmful behaviors, such as the spread of political disinformation, hoaxes, manipulations during pandemics, hate groups. These are one of the groups that follows the DSA out of the EU, and this is, they're funded by the EU, is the Center for Countering Digital Hate. Joe Biden has been citing the Disinformation Dozen, which was written, created by the Center for Countering Digital Hate based on these EU standards, these DSA standards, for months now. So these policies of transparency, of Zuckerberg wants open data across the board from the EU to everywhere when it comes to this. These are not democratic values like they'll claim. These are the values of certain people can say some things, certain viewpoints are absolutely not allowed and will be demonized. So if you question the main narrative and if they're following this DSA in the metaverse, then maybe people will be imprisoned in this digital verse. How, how is that going to work? Uh, I, 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 oh. None of this makes me happy to hear. <laughs> Sorry, but, uh, I didn't mean to, didn't mean to bring no. you down. No, it's 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 cool. I, one thing that I was going to say because it makes me think, it made me think of this. I sh I started trying to watch Why the Last Man last night, and you know I can handle a lot of propaganda when it comes to TV shows. I know it's coming. I can see past it. But like the one of the main women in this show about how all the men died, uh, her her biggest thing was uh, fighting against hate online and how it leads to violence in this. And I was like, okay, I'm done. I can't listen to her talk. And so I I deleted the the my files and moved on. Um but yeah, like with this, you you're right about the self-control because I think the population as a whole have massive identity issues and imagine how quickly and easily um your identity can be erased when you give it to Mark Zuckerberg to control. Right. And the light at the end of the tunnel here is that Unless they just start subsidizing those Oculus headsets and all these digital things, 
large portion of the population is not going to be in this metaverse. It might just be a metaverse for the wealthy. Now, if they want to go in there and be decadent and destroy their brains, that's perfectly fine with me. I'm not spending money. Yeah, exactly. Go for it. Go live in your metaverse so we don't have to deal with you. That's perfectly fine with me. I I wish that Jeffrey Epstein had been a false character in a metaverse rather than in real life. Right, exactly. So they can have their own little world there if that's what they want. I think that wraps up for today's show. We got some fun stuff in the DMBXR. One story I brought specifically for you, Cam, because it reminded me of something I learned about you. And we will talk about that here in a moment. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform, the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that we post every time we post a DMB, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report or go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report. We will talk to you all tomorrow or in the DNBXR. And don't forget to check out Cam's show tonight and 10 p.m. Eastern time. Is that right? 10 p.m. Yes, sir, at youtube.com slash themadones. Fantastic. We'll talk to you all next time. Have a great rest of your day.